Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. And that is that evidently God only used Peter's shadow one time. Because if he still used that way, he would have had them to bring the man out and get him out there in the daytime where his shadow would fall on him. Wouldn't he? You see, there's some things that God will do that he may only do one time. I've been led by the Spirit of God to minister to folks for healing a certain way one time, never again. Those things are as the Spirit wills, not as we will. You don't want to set up a system then. Just because God used you one time along a certain line that you set up a system, this is the way to do it. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. This week we're going to continue with the series by Kenneth E. Hagan, Incline Thine Ear. This will be a great week of teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan with today's message. Praise God. Well, let's open our Bibles again for a basis or background for our remarks to the fourth chapter of Proverbs, and then we'll open to the Acts of the Apostles. First, the fourth chapter of Proverbs, verses 20, 21, and 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, 21, and 22. My son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them, and health. My words are health to all their flesh. Now, we're looking particularly at the statement and using it for our theme, at the statement, attend unto my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Now, what does that mean? That means listen to what God says. That means listen to what the Word of God says or has to say on the subject, particularly of healing and health, for instance. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. So right at the moment, we're going through the Acts of the Apostles and just attending unto those words, inclining our ears, praise God, unto the sayings of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Now then, in the ninth chapter of Acts, we have, really it's not a healing, but it still had to be accomplished through the laying on of hands. Now Saul of Tarsus, who, you know, became Paul the Apostle, you read here in the ninth chapter of Acts about his experience on the, on the road to Damascus. And uh, Luke is the writer of the Acts, and of course he's writing under the inspiration of the Spirit. In other words, he wasn't here, and I witnessed to this. And as he, third verse, as he, that's Saul and his company, uh, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, 
and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And all the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. So the spiritual vision of Jesus was when it, you know, he had his eyes shut. Now then, he saw no man. Now, the uh, 11th chapter says, or the 10th verse of, the, of this same night chapter, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus, not a, an apostle, not a prophet, not an evangelist, not a pastor or teacher. I think God put that right in there so as to help us to see that God, and also about Philip, who was a deacon to begin with, and God made an evangelist, that this isn't just for apostles to be used supernaturally. There was a certain disciple. Now, in our modern language, we'd say, in other words, there's a certain layman. He wasn't in the ministry, just a disciple. At Damascus, named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias, he said, I'm here, Lord. That means the Lord appeared to him. He saw him in a vision, spoke to him. Well, he goes on and tells him about Saul and so on, and told him that he was to go uh, lay hands on him, that he might receive his sight. In fact, that Saul had seen a vision, seen a man named Ananias coming in. The 17th verse says, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell, as it were, fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received his sight. Now, Saul was not sick with blindness, or, or he wasn't afflicted with, with disease of the eyes. That's not sickness or disease. Notice what Paul said about it himself. Look over into the 22nd chapter of Acts, and here Paul gives his own account. You see, Luke's account is just whatever the Spirit of God wanted to emphasize. He just gave a inspired to write it. But uh, I always like to get an eyewitness account. Don't choose an actually the person that's there ought to know more about it than anybody, the one that is involved. Now, Paul here is saying, uh, very interesting. Why don't we just start with the very first verse of the chapter here, the 22nd verse, to get the full import here. Men and brethren and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. When they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silent. And he said, I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivered into prisons, both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders." from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem far to be punished. And it came to pass as I made my journey, and was come down to Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground, and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. One little side thought here, when you persecute believers, you're persecuting Jesus. need to be very careful. When you talk about believers, you're talking about Jesus. Whatever you do to believers, you do it unto him. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. 
And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. Now notice that 11th verse. And when I could not see for the glory of that light. Wasn't that he couldn't see because of a, a, he had a disease or sickness. You look up one of those TV lights right there just like I just did. You can't see nothing there for a few seconds. Well, that light was bright as noonday sun. Boy, you, <laughs> amen. I could not see for the glory of that light. Being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwell there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. So you see, it wasn't a matter of him receiving a healing from sickness or disease, yet it's very closely associated because he had to, his sight had to be restored through the laying on of hands. Amen. I could not see for the glory of that light. Well, we looked at that because we wanted you to see that. Now then, let's, uh, let's come to uh, uh, this same ninth chapter of Acts. We left off here in the ninth chapter, the latter part of the, of, of the, uh, the chapter. Notice the 32nd and 33rd and 34th verses. And it came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwell at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Anus, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Anus, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. Now, I want you to see something here now, though. I want to make an observation first before we go on. And that is that evidently God only used Peter's shadow one time. Because if he still used that away, he would have had them to bring the man out and get him out there in the daytime where his shadow would fall on him. Wouldn't he? You see, there's some things that God will do that he may only do one time. I've been led by the Spirit of God to minister to folks for healing a certain way one time, never again. Those things are as the Spirit wills, not as we will. You don't want to set up a system then just because God used you one time along a certain line that you set up a system, this is the way to do it. Now then, secondly, Peter said unto Anus, and this man had been bedfast eight years. Ah, that's a long time, isn't it? Think about that. Bedfast. Eight years. Can you think of any more hopeless and helpless situation? And I know I was bedfast 16 months. Boy, that's long enough for me. Eight years, though. And Peter said, Anus, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Now, that could be interpreted two different ways. And that is that uh, anybody could just simply tell anyone really that, and you'd be telling the truth. Whatever your name is, Mary or John or Henry or Joe or Jim or Sally or uh, Patsy or whatever your name is, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Now, you see, Peter said that to this man. And, and Peter wrote, of course, those two epistles, you know, First and Second Peter, we have in the Scripture. And in that first epistle, in the second chapter, 24th verse, Peter says the same thing. 
He said, uh, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Well, if we were healed by his stripes, if we were, then I was, and if I was, then I am. Present tense. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find out more from our online bookstore with great materials from Kenneth E. Hagan and Pastor Hagan and the rest of the Hagan family. I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first is Kenneth E. Hagan's single CD called El Shaddai, a Rhema classic. Next is Kenneth Hagan's mini book, Where Do We Go From Here? And finally, The Faith Study Course, a 192-page book, perfect for Bible studies, small groups, or Sunday school classes. All three resources are for the special price of $19.95. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. In August, we're going to go to uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. Cloud, Minnesota, yeah, the Joy Christian Center with uh, Brian, Brian and Shelley Gobar. Gobar. Yeah. August 26th to the 28th. And then we're going to Granger, Indiana. Indiana, August 29th through the 31st at New Creation Church. Uh, Pastors Arnie and Mindy Clark. Clark, yes. yes. We're looking forward. Hey, if you live in that area, come <coughs> call your friends, your neighbors, come on out. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagan will continue his message on Incline Thine Ear. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.